Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to HeyYA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, KYA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. KYA is a book riot podcast hosted by Erica Ezzapetti and me, Tirza Price, and we are recording on November 18th. Hello, Erica. Hey, Tirza. How are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. It just got like cold for real for real and I'm just like <laughs> um rude <laughs> right I don't appreciate this 30 degree for well more like 40 degrees but still oh my gosh well it snowed on Monday Dang. and it's actually been cold enough that we've it's kept the snow on the ground all week so I think oh. it's supposed to warm up a little bit next week for Thanksgiving but otherwise yeah it's a wintry wonderland outside my window right now which feels a little early but I'm okay with it I'm just gonna bundle up <laughs> I feel like it is a little early I'm like you can't snow before December 1st come on now <laughs> it's this? funny it's funny because, like, you know, I remember from my childhood, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to sound like, well, in my day. Murder, murder. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I remember my childhood, we would get snow before December quite often, and it would stick mm. around. But, you know, the planet's warming up. That's the snow true. is not guaranteed on Christmas anymore. So um, it just, it, it's like, it feels weird because it's not been like this for so many years. But, yeah, it's it's getting chilly. Yeah. Maybe I should be grateful. Yeah. It's not, not quite as warmed. Despite the global warming, so let me I'll take I take it back. I welcome yeah. I welcome the snow. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are gonna be talking about so much fun snow, unexpected snow, random weather events and other fun things in today's topic. But first we wanted to share a little bit about the news of the week. Um, because we are recording this on November 18th, the other night was the National Book Awards Gala, where they announced the winners. And this year's winner for young people's literature uh, was All My Rage by Sabata Tahir, which you might recall a few weeks slash months ago when I was like, I have my suspicions about who I think will win, but I won't say on air because if I'm wrong, I don't want that aired. Um, but <laughs> this was totally the book I thought would win. So yeah. I'm very pleased for um, this book and for us about to hear. And yes, I'm very, very pleased with this announcement. Yes. I have to consult you when I want to gamble. <laughs> in the future. Like tears of my only talents are like predicting <laughs> like ALA award winners and the National Book Award winners, yeah. which, you know, is a very probably small, small game to be playing. But Listen, in our in our circles, it might be the one to be played. I still haven't read this one. It sounds really good, though. Yeah, I just, you know, in knowing that, like, she had been working on this book for years, and mm. it's semi-autobiographical, like, I'm just so happy for her, so. Yeah, it seemed, I thought it was a nonfiction, actually. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah. about um, Mizbah, who is newly married to Tafik in an arranged marriage. Their life gets shaken by tragedy, then they go to the United States. And then there's Salahuddin and Noor, who are um, like best friends, like family. So I think it has like a lot of moving pieces about um, immigration. And basically, it's about four Pakistani immigrants in the United States and their lives and everything that unfolds. Yeah. And it's intergenerational, yes. too, which I always really like, in, especially in YA fiction. Yeah. So it sounds really good. And yeah. That's getting bumped up on the TBR. Yeah. 
it's yeah i'm i'm excited for that and and the finalists i have to say were really excellent you know mm. i love me some um lesbiana's guide to catholic school oh, yes. that was a finalist i love that book so much victory stand which is a ya nonfiction graphic memoir was also a finalist mm-hmm. and um why am i blanking on the other ones like there were was there one that i had really liked 1,000 Steps in the Night or something? That was um on the long list. Well, long list. Okay, boo. Yeah. <laughs> I still liked it. Yeah, but like there were some just really good books on this list, so. Yeah, I don't envy the like judges and stuff having to choose. Oh my gosh, it must be impossible. <laughs> yeah, like seriously. Yeah, so that's the winner, so definitely um pick it up and and enjoy and we're gonna get to our topic at hand first let's hear from our first sponsor today's episode is brought to you by underlined haven't read a natasha preston thriller yet we dare you to try she's known for her line of chilling young adult suspense novels like the seller and the fear the new york times and usa today best-selling author excels at putting fear into the hearts of her readers so her newest book titled the dare is about five friends whose senior prank goes very very wrong this is a perfect graduation season read for thriller fans who can handle a good scare the dare is now available wherever books are sold you can learn more about it at getunderlined.com. So again, this young adult thriller is about five friends with a prank that goes wrong. There are dark secrets, a twisty plot, and creepy I know what you did last summer vibes. So if you, you know, it's graduation season, you want to revel in that, but like make it scary, you know what I mean? Pick up the dare by Natasha Preston and thanks again to Underline for sponsoring this episode. This episode is sponsored by The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy. Robbie and Trevor Cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing, even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends. Let us all take a collective angry sigh at that. Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. Except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. And after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. All right, so today's topic is holiday reads, yes. um, which, yeah, we're excited about this. I mm-hmm. um, am personally excited because I think for like almost as long as I've been working for Book Riot, which is going on seven years, Ooh, nice. I know, <laughs> I've been with them for a, lot, a long time now. Every single time the holidays comes around, I'm always like, okay, holiday reads. And, you know, I'm into YA, so I'm always like, what are the YA holiday reads? And, like, over the years, there have been some really good holiday-themed, and, like, when I say holiday-themed, let me just be real, Christmas-themed YA books. And, I mean, it's really exciting. I love them. I celebrate Christmas, so obviously that's totally my bag. But also, like, wow, the books tend to be really white. Mm -hmm. Which is bizarre because it's not like Christianity is a white religion. So hmm, why is this? And then also just like very focused on Christmas, which that is not so surprising either because our entire society seems to like forget that like people celebrate other holidays this time of year too. So but like this is the first year where I'm looking around and I'm like, oh my goodness, we actually have a few options that are like non-Christmas and a few books that are you know, not written by white people. And mm-hmm. this is, seems like the first year where like, I'm actually seeing progress on that front. So I'm not saying that it's great. We can all pack up and go home. Good job. <laughs> we did our due diligence <laughs> on diversifying YA, but yeah. like progress where progress has been made. Just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, but like we, you know, need to keep going too. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's definitely a good point. And it is curious because 
Like, I celebrate Christmas, too, but there are other holidays, as you said. And <laughs> a whole bunch of different people celebrate Christmas and are not just white. So it is interesting that what we've seen so far. But like you said, YA is leading, I think, just with my, you know, my observations, I feel like YA is leading the charge in terms of diversity and stuff. So definitely, I believe we will have a lot more in terms of different holidays celebrated and even like different perspectives, different experiences. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's nice. And like, one thing that I think a lot of people tend to kind of get caught up in, in this trap of being like, oh, we'll just acknowledge Hanukkah as well. And like, while yes, inclusivity is important. One thing my Jewish friends have always said and reminded me mm-hmm. is that like Hanukkah is not as significant of a holiday to Judaism as as like Christmas is to Christianity. Oh, so yeah. don't don't just like simply be like, oh, and Hanukkah is the Jewish version of Christmas. Like that's like I feel like a lot of Christians tend to kind of make that assumption. Yeah. And um I, I have a couple of of Jewish friends who've just been like, nope, that's not true. Don't don't fall into that trap. So I see. I do have two two books that are um have Jewish protagonists and celebrate um Hanukkah that I'm gonna mention, but I'm just I'm just throwing that out there because yeah. um that is something that I had to learn. So I didn't know that. I've had Jewish friends and I need to call them up and ask them why they fell <laughs> out on me. <laughs> no one told me. Why didn't anyone tell me? Oh. Yeah, but one of the books we have has uh, Christmas is uh, celebrated by most of the characters, but there's uh, there are Jewish characters. There are also people celebrating Kwanzaa and there are Muslims and stuff like that. So Yes. Um, yeah, so that's cool. But yes. So maybe we should talk about our first, our shared pick. Yes. White Out by all of the black, white authors that are JK. By Daniel Clayton, Tiffany D. Jackson, Nick Stone, Andy Thomas, Ashley Woodfolk, and Nicola Yoon. Yeah. Which is quite the list. Like, And they also wrote Blackout, which came out last year, I believe, and it was like a big deal. And I believe that I've not read that one, but that one's set during a blackout in New York City. Yeah. Whiteout is set during a freak snowstorm in Atlanta. Yes. And so I love like the premises of yes. just like, oh my gosh, disaster. And then they all obviously have huge cast of characters because you have six different authors writing these books. Yeah, it's a huge cast of characters. I listened to the audiobook version. I believe you mentioned you had two. Yes. I didn't read um, ebook at all, so it's just audiobook, which is usually I read a mix of the two. But I liked how, with my ADHD, let me tell you, having a lot of characters in books can like be kind of hard for me to keep track of. Especially how I read, I like to like, you know, pick it up and put it down as I have time. So like, I'll be like, oh, who is this again? And what am I reading about? But I feel like with the audiobook, I liked how they had different narrators for different perspectives. It kind of helped me be like, oh, okay, this is this person. Mm-hmm. So the story centers around the relationship of Stevie and Sola, two teen girls who go to high school in Atlanta and plan to go to Howard University together. But it, it's also... Like kind of equally about their friends and their friends' loves live love lives, I should say. Um, but more on Stevie and Sola. The book starts out with Stevie explaining basically how she's really messed up with Sola. One way she messed up was by doing this experiment because Stevie is this big brain genius level budding biochemist, I believe she wants to be. And you might be like, okay, like, why would an experiment be a problem for a relationship? But it's because she did an experiment on love, her goofy self. Um, And basically, like, questioning the validity of love and the pursuit of love and, like, basically just reducing it to, like, the pursuit of dopamine and oxytocin or something like that. The cuddling hormone, whatever they're called. Um, So that was part of one of the mess up. Part two, I won't spoil because it was, it was kind of something in the book. I feel like the book was leading up to explaining. So it was like a mysterious thing. Like, oh, that time (laughs) Stevie's like, that time I messed up. I can't believe what I did. She'll never forgive me. And you're like, ooh, what will she never forgive? 
so it is a point of mystery and it's like you know getting to it it's like okay um but it, it involves meeting someone's family so stevie does some weird whatever during that time so stevie gets grounded which means she can't apologize to Sola for what she did because her phone and laptop are taken away. Luckily, though, once her parents leave for last-minute Christmas shopping, she's able to bust her stuff out of the safe, and she naturally turns on her phone to find messages from Sola, one of which says that if Stevie doesn't apologize to her and her family by midnight, she never wants to see or speak to Stevie again. Thus, Stevie's big brain gets to work in and she devises this grand plan to win Sola back. She calls friends and friends, family members and plots and schemes to execute this huge romantic gesture. And we see each person trying to complete their favor for Stevie during this, this weird, like huge snowstorm in Atlanta, which of course, side note on that, <laughs> Atlanta is obviously, if you read the book, nowhere near being prepared for which really rings true, just like um, you were talking about, like, small town stuff, Tirza, mm-hmm. uh, concerning, like, the weight of blood or whatever. I was actually born in Atlanta, although I was raised in Nashville. And let me tell you about southern cities and snow. If they get one inch, if that, it's shut down. Everything's shut down. Pack it up. Go home. Make sure you have bread and milk and toilet paper (laughs) (laughs) and water in case the lights go out because we're going to die because it snowed an inch. So that's not an exaggeration, which is kind of funny having lived on the East coast. It's kind of funny to me now, but anyway, so people are getting stranded at at airports, at the mall, on the road. Suddenly all these feelings that have been lying dormant are coming out. For instance, I mentioned, uh, I think I mentioned this girl to you. She is clearly on my mind, living in my head, rent free. But <laughs> there's one one character whose life we delve into. There's this girl who's tasked with getting a poster to her uncle in law as part of Stevie's grand plan, and she's stuck at the airport waiting to be picked up. And she's with her ex girlfriend, and the story basically goes into how she came to become more comfortable with the idea of liking girls, but also how she just couldn't even tell her family, despite her uncle being married to a man and everything, everyone being cool with it. So that's just an example of like with each character, it goes into their backstory and where they currently are with their love lives and stuff like that. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, if you enjoyed Let It Snow, which was the holiday book written by John Green, Maureen Johnson and Lauren Miracle. And then, of course, it was made into a Netflix movie a couple of years ago. I think you will really like this book um, because it has like similar you know, vibes of being united by a a location. In this case, obviously, it's Atlanta and not, you know, a small town. Snowstorm, lots of, like, expectations about love and and second chances is a huge theme of this book. So there's a lot of fun stuff to to enjoy about this. I, I actually went to Atlanta for the first time this year, and so it kind of... It felt, I I mean, I've only been to the city once and it was for a very short trip, but it was like, oh, I feel like these authors truly love the city. And that really came through, I think, in the book. Yeah, it definitely did. And I feel like I don't usually read contemporary YA romance for some reason. I think maybe because I like, I like romance to be like kind of steamy. And I feel like that's (laughs) inappropriate for YA. So just for me. I don't tend to gravitate towards it as much, but I think with this one, adding the holiday and the snow elements really made it feel kind of like more cozy and kind of like a hug and a book type of thing. I got that vibe at some point. Yeah. And at the same time too, like this book takes place a few days before Christmas, but it doesn't feel like a Christmas book because I think the focus is not on holidays or expectations around the holidays, but about, Uh, like Stevie apologizing to Sola and her grand gesture and, you know, just trying to figure out their way back to each other. And then like all of the holiday stuff just happens to be set dressing. And so you also have characters who like, yeah, you said are celebrating a lot of different, um, you know, religions and celebrations. So, you know, Christmas is kind of the one that dominates, but um, it, it's it's not quite like 
you know, I, I hesitate to be like, this is a Christmas book. Like it sort of yeah. is, but it also doesn't necessarily read like a Christmas book, which is kind of nice for depending on how you want to go. Yeah, it feels more like a, you're right, it feels more like it's just like a winter book, mm-hmm. kind of like rather than a Christmas, because as you said, it um, it has, you know, well, it yeah, it just doesn't really super focus on it and Maybe that's partially because our main character is. <laughs> I'm <laughs> laughing, laughing as I mention her. <laughs> yeah, because she's a little, she's a little I, annoying. She's <laughs> annoying. <laughs> and I say this like with lo- such love in my heart for yeah. her because she is annoying in the type of way that I recognize that sometimes teenagers can be annoying because they really care about something yeah but, like they're not always tactful about what they care about. Yeah. So she Stevie is the type of person who she's very smart you know she is kind of questioning her identity throughout this book she uses she her pronouns um but she's not comfortable with being like called a girl or or being like sort of looped in with like other girls or being called miss Um, so she's she's definitely exploring her identity at this point in time um and she doesn't really have all the answers and that's not something that's ever really resolved or I think tackled head on in the book, which is fine because I I don't necessarily think it had to be. Um, It's just something that she's going through right now. And she's also the type of person where she's like, feels like she has to correct people to be more inclusive and like politically correct. And sometimes the way she does it, it's like, yeah, we all should be more mindful of our language. And sometimes the way she does it is like, okay, are you serious right now? (laughs) Cause like her family celebrates Christmas and her dad's like, I'm going to go Christmas shopping now. And she's like, you should say holiday shopping because you know, not everybody celebrates Christmas. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, should we be, you know, more mindful of how, you know, the language that we use around the holidays, because not everybody celebrates Christmas, of course. But also, your dad is going Christmas shopping. It's okay to say that because you guys celebrate Christmas. So I just kind of had to roll my eyes. Her dad is literally a pastor. Yeah. He's celebrating Christmas, and that's okay. That was a big eye roll for me, too. I was like, oh, my God. But at the same time, it felt very realistic to her character. Yeah. So I was kind yeah. of like, oh, you sweet summer child. You sweet, sweet angel baby. Yeah. <laughs> so heads up for that. But again, like, as you say, it's 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 real. We've come, come across, as teenagers, we've come across fellow youths who were like that and hopefully grew out of it. And maybe some of us were like that. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, maybe some of us for a few minutes in our lives lacked it, like social tact. Maybe. Just maybe. Just possibly. Quite possibly. It's just, it's a fun book if you like large cast of characters, if you like, you know, really, um, I think, distinct settings, if you like the idea of like second chance romance. This, it, it was very diverse. It was very like queer and like very, I mean, I think it was a pretty even split between like queer and non-queer relationships. So that was kind of fun to see. Um, Usually when you have like a large cast romance, like you get used to like the one token queer romance, but in this um, book, there were multiple queer romances. So that was fun. Multiple queer couples, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad yeah. that I read it. And I, the cover is very like careful not to, I think, allude to holidays. It's like a really pretty slow yes. globe. It, it doesn't even necessarily go with any like traditional holiday colors. So I think it could be a really good like general winter book, like you mentioned. But it's also, you know, if you want to read something cozy for the holidays, this is perfect too. Yeah. And I think I think all the characters are black, I believe, or the mm-hmm. main characters. And it, with that said, they have they're all different types of characters and personalities. Like no one felt like the same person. Yeah. You got the rocker, you got the, you know, socially awkward science lover Stevie. You have the romantic who's going to be a writer in the future. You have a rapper, you have other kids who were just kind of like you know figuring things out two girls that go to like a boarding school i think it was in in new england or something yeah so 
yeah, G- Jewish characters, Muslim characters, Christian characters. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, it, everybody. They showed a really, I think, wide spectrum of like the black experience. I mean, yeah. I'm saying this is a white person, so yeah. but that it just was like a, a very di- all of the characters were very distinct, and that yeah. was really fun to read. Because, like you said, it's sometimes hard to balance a large cast of characters, and and you can sometimes forget who's who, or or like not do a good enough job of distinguishing and well enough between them all. Exactly. But I thought that they all did a really good job of doing that. So yeah, and this would be so good as a holiday movie or winter yes. movie, whatever. Because it's not super holiday focused, as we've been saying. Netflix come through because this would be a great Netflix. This would be show. perfect. Or TV or movie, whatever. It's giving um what's that one with Hugh Grant from like 20 years ago? Oh, Love Actually. Yes. I haven't seen that movie in a while, so I, I don't know if it's like actually problematic. It's it's trash. It does not hold up. It doesn't but... hold up. Oh no. no. You said oh it's gosh, trash. no. I haven't it's... seen it in probably literally 20 years, oh, but I remember gosh. it. Erica, it's like Are really gross and <gasps> fat phobic, and yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break your heart. No, I somewhat, it's fine. I somewhat love it, but at the same yeah. time, it's bad. <laughs> That's why I said I was like, wait a second. I remember like that coming on like literally like 20 years ago on the TV, and I'm like 10 or something, and be like, oh, holiday whatever right so i was like that's why i added that disclaimer like i haven't seen it in a long time (laughs) so i know these movies don't hold up i feel like a lot of millennials watched this at a young age and thought that it was really lovely and charming and then we grew up and we watched it and we're like all of these people need therapy and they probably also all need to break up (laughs) because this is terrible it's so ridiculous like looking back at (laughs) that's a whole other episode but looking back at things like rewatching things and it's like oh you're all you're actually problematic you're toxic you need to go to therapy instead of being in a relationship all the things you just said and it's like how did people think this was okay jesus yes so if you want a not so problematic story that's romantic <laughs> with a large cast yeah the yes. serves that love actually vibe i mean yes. there's even scenes that happen in an airport you know that's so. what i was like i remember a few snapshots from that movie and i remember the main thing was like it's a large cast and it's like holiday slash winter that's yep. more so what i was going you, yep get get white out by yep. danielle clayton yep. tiffany d jackson <laughs> nick stone angie thomas ashley woodfolk and nicola yoon that was a that was like a long breath that I I just had to kind of exhale after saying all those names but yeah it's awesome but yes we have some a few more books to get into that we will get into right after we hear from some more sponsors today's episode is brought to you by tour books so if you are a fan of epic fantasy, if you're a fan of Scott Lynch and or Joe Abercrombie, but you want something a little different, you want a hero who's like a bit of a mess, then The Silver Blood Promise by James Logan is for you and its Academy dropout slash disgraced noble heir Lacan Cordova's life is in shambles. All he's got going for him is one, he is a card sharp of considerable skill and two, a lot of maybe potentially a little too much wine. So they're, you know, those are the positives. So when the bizarre murder of his father robs him of even the off chance of redemption, Lacan decides to make amends another way. He's going to unravel the mystery behind the killing, even if it takes him to the underbelly of Sophrona, a city of danger, secrets, and merchant princes. Finding the truth is one thing. Finding the truth and staying alive is like a whole other thing. So make sure to check out The Silver Blood Promise by James Logan on sale May 7th. And thanks again to Tor Books for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself 
Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Okay, Tirza, what other book, what other holiday slash winter book is on your list or are you interested in reading? All right, so my next pick is Talk Santa to Me by Linda Urban. It is a new book that just came out this fall. And it's basically like, if you like Hallmark movies, this is going to be a cute one for you. It's about Francie, whose parents, um, her family owns this like epic holiday themed store. It's called the Hollydale Holiday Shop. And um, they basically are billing it as like this little mini, you know, Christmas empire. And obviously this, this season is their season. Um, But Francie's been struggling because her beloved grandfather recently passed away and her aunt, whose name was Aunt Carol, because of course it is. (laughs) Aunt Carol has been changing up a lot of things and she doesn't like the direction that this is going in. And so she's feeling, you know, just a lot of nostalgic grief feelings about this um, holiday season. So she's decided that she's got to prevent her aunt from going way too far. And so she's trying to preserve like the um, tradition of her family's shop. But then she also has this um, little romance with a boy who works at the Christmas tree lot next door. So it looks really cute. Mm -hmm. I love these types of stories. I have not um, read it yet, but I picked up a copy when I was at the bookstore the other day because I am just a total st- st- like sucker for these types of books. So <laughs> I will probably like inhale it over some weekend here coming up soon and maybe even over Thanksgiving break because I will be home and I just want to be cozy. And like once, you know, the tryptophan from the turkey is like yes. released into my system, I'm like, it is time for Christmas. So <laughs> this will help get me in the mood. But that is Talk Santa to Me by Linda Urban. Then maybe I picture that whole scenario with you standing triumphantly. It is time for Christmas. Yes. <laughs> with the turkey drug. Yep. <laughs> through your blood, coursing through your blood. Like it makes most people sleepy, but it just makes me want to like put twinkle lights on everything. Oh, that is so cute. That's <laughs> precious. Oh, it makes people sleepy, but you put twinkle lights. Yes, it definitely makes me very sleepy. It's like Benadryl. Nature's Benadryl. Um, <laughs> but yes, so that sounds super cute. And the next one I have for everyone is The Christmas Clash by Suzanne Park. And this is a rom-com that starts off with two rivals. I do like the, the, the rival trope because I feel like it just brings that like extra spice and it's sweeter when, you know, the climax hits and everything like that. So Chloe Kwan is not feeling Peter Lee. Um, They've never really liked each other. Um, Their families kind of exacerbate this little rivalry, sorry, because they don't get along either. They have rival restaurants at the mall's food court. Chloe's family are Korean, so they serve Korean food. And Lee's family, Peter Lee's family, they serve Chinese food. So it's obviously the holiday season. And... Chloe is taking pictures at the mall for holidays and stuff like that. And then Peter also works at the mall, but he's working at a virtual reality experience, little store or whatever. And they're working like right across the way from each other, which is interesting. And she's like, ugh, look at him and his cute face. You know how it goes. So... <laughs> <laughs> she's like, like oh, oh you're perfect. so cute i hate it <laughs> oh, you're so cute i hate it oh god so um the mall is actually about to be sold and then it's going to be torn down for condos so instead of like presents and good cheer uh their families are worrying about being evicted so i'm right before christmas so 
neither one of their none of their parents knows really what to do and soon chloe and peter feel like they can come together to save them all and of course they're gonna have to put aside their differences and their feelings Mm -hmm. to work closely very closely together and uh of course some things come out about their their families um let's say disagreements disliking of each other and things get sorted out let's say so Mm. this is a i think this has a lot working for it you have some different cultures obviously you're learning about unless you belong to these cultures and it's not different for you but for me i don't belong to them so it's different for me so i feel like that is a very interesting aspect um learning how other people again who are different from me celebrate the holidays or don't or whatever and then the the rivals the rivals to lover trope that sounds good the holiday theme i think the winter theme again makes things like cozy and I'm realizing about myself that although I don't read a lot of contemporary romance, YA or not, honestly, I, I do like the I do like the addition of the winter, the winter aspect or like the holiday aspect or whatever. I feel like it makes everything that much, again, cozy feeling and makes you just makes me want to just like snuggle up. And as you were talking about, Tirza, just snuggle up and be warm and read comforting things. So... Yeah. This one is on my list. I haven't read this one yet either, but I'm excited to. It sounds really cute. And I want to find out what the family feud is. So, yeah. like, you know, that pit, that that piece of messiness in me. I'm like, what happened? So, again, that is The Christmas Clash by Suzanne Park. So, yeah. Obviously, that one is putting Christmas front <laughs> As opposed to Whiteout, which is like very much just like kind of kind of um, neutral on the holidays. But yes, Christmas Clash by Suzanne Parker. It has all the good um, tropes, if you like a really yeah. tropey Christmas story, which I do. And I actually have this one checked out from the library at the moment. And um, I'm really excited to get to it as well. So I'm glad that you were able to talk about it. Yay. My next pick um, is a book that is called um, How to Excavate a Heart by Jake Maya Arlo. And it is being billed as a sapphic Jewish twist on the classic Christmas rom-com. So obviously I was in. Um, And if you haven't had a chance to look at the cover yet, it's so adorable. It's two girls walking down a really snowy street and they're looking at each other. And then it's a corgi in little red booties walking with them. And he's like looking up at them. Like, you know, the funny look that corgi, like I, okay. I am not a small dog person. I I have big dogs and I love my big dogs. But if I had to have a small dog, I would have a corgi because they are adorable. Corgis and almost don't feel like small, small dogs. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of medium, small. Like. They're like big dog energy in a yes. small body. That's what <laughs> it is. That's what it is. They have big dog energy. Yes. That's yes. exactly what it is. I also am not a super big fan of small dogs. Bless their hearts. Whatever. But I, I, I would get a corgi. I would get a corgi in a heartbeat, yeah. much to my spouse's chagrin. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so this book is about Shawnee, who is having a time of it. She, she it has just been um, broken up with. Um, she's been dumped by her girlfriend just days before winter break. She's supposed to be doing this um, really special fancy internship um i can't even say the word so i'm not even going to because i don't want to embarrass myself oh my goodness. but it's like it's the it's paleo something and it's the study of dead fish um so she's doing this really <laughs> special internship but she's also just like dealing with the fact that she's been dumped and then she keeps running into this girl named may um like literally you know, she ran into her with a car. Dang. I mean, May was okay, but then they also, the paths keep crossing. 
and then it culminates in being snowed in together on Christmas Eve. So again, all the tropes. Um, I what I love about holiday books is like you, it's literally just like how many tropes can we pile on here? Honestly, because tropes are cozy. Tropes are cozy. They're comforting. They're familiar. They are. So it is a story set over you know the winter holidays, set over Christmas, but it stars Jewish characters and. It is about, you know, second chances and learning to love again. And I think it looks adorable. I would read it for the Corgi on the cover alone. There's a lot of other things to love about it. So um, it's also being pitched as like the for fans of Kelly Quinlan and Casey McQuiston, which if you've been listening to this podcast at all, I love Kelly Quinlan so much. So I think that comp is going to get me anyway. But yeah, how to excavate a heart. It looks adorable. It does look adorable. I just looked it up. Like the, the corgi is giving, giving a cute little look back, and it's got like a little cape little one. I know. He's like dressed up for the winter. Yes. So cute. It's so adorable. Oh my gosh, that that cover is beautiful. I love it. Yes. Next one I have is New Year's Kiss by Lee Matthews. And this is about a girl who has like New Year's resolution and um, she's spending the week um, after Christmas at a snowy lodge in Vermont and she's not really feeling it, but it's owned by her grandmother and her grandmother, I mean, the reason they're they're not really feeling it could possibly be because um, her grandmother is not like the warmest person. So now they suddenly have to live at her lodge for a minute so they're not really super excited about that and also there is this guy christopher that shows up and suddenly maybe the lodge visit isn't so bad you know suddenly miraculously so she tests she starts to she's like okay i want to come out of my shell part of her new new year's resolution and she creates this list of things that she wants to do before the new year comes in. A couple of those things are singing in public. I mean, I guess is if, if that's what she wanted. I'm like, that's a, all right. That's a heck of a list item. She wants to ski and all that good stuff. So Christopher obviously is welcome, welcomed to help. Welcome to help is not the word I was looking for. He's anxious to help. He is he is all for helping her. And hopefully he is on the list. So, um, of course, as they're trying to help her complete her list items, they grow close. Who knows if they will bring in the new year together or not. Obviously, it's a romance. So we already know. But the journey <laughs> is cute. I like I like the isolation of the like the winter resort. That also is kind of cozy to me. I don't know if I'm just like, oh, I'm, I need a vacation. I'm leaning <laughs> vicariously through this character, <laughs> but I like that idea too. Again, that the the theme of the show is like just cozy winter reads, cozy holiday winter reads. Um, this also reminds me though too. It's not a YA book, but the Talia Hibbert Brown Sisters series, the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, just the aspect of the bucket list and romance and stuff. I imagine Tali Hibbert's not the only person to write about that, but that's the book that immediately comes to mind when I read about this book that is also on my list. So I think it sounds fun. I think it will be another great comfort winter read. Obviously, this takes place a little after Christmas and more towards New Year's, but still, uh, I think it'll be fun. And it, again, is New Year's Kiss by Lee Matthews. Yeah, and I like that there's, um, you know, some books that are set around New Year's because yeah. New Year's, um, you know, is kind of like the the afterthought, but still really important to mm-hmm. this time of year. And people do a lot of fun New Year's celebrations. Exactly. Um, so my next pick, which is, again, I'm sorry, not a book that I have read yet, but it is on my list for this season. It is Eight Nights of Flirting by Hannah Reynolds, and it is... Um, totally, obviously, from the um, 
the title is all about Hanukkah. And so it's about Shira, who this Hanukkah, she really wants to get a boyfriend. She wants to woo this boy that she knows, Isaac, because she thinks he's hot. She thinks he's really smart. Um, he works for her great uncle. So she knows that he's, you know, dependable and, and trustworthy, but she has no idea how to flirt. And so she ends up connecting with her, her nemesis who used to be somebody that she has a crush on, but no more, or does she? And she knows that he's very charming and he's very popular and he's very easy to talk to. So she's like, okay, if somebody's going to teach me how to flirt and how to woo somebody, it's going to be Tyler. And so they get snowed in together and they have to strike the steel where she's going to get flirting lessons and then she'll help him out with his career in return. But of course, fake flirting leads to catching actual feelings and that leads to complications. So this looks really sweet. I'm really excited to read it. And also the cover is very cute. It has to um, this couple that like laying in the snow and it's very bright and, the eyes in the cover title treatment are little candles, which I think is really cute. So uh, yeah, that's eight nights of flirting by Hannah Reynolds. Yay. That sounds fun. That's oh my gosh. We've gone through our books. I guess I will do another quick shout out because this is not exactly like it's a new book, but not really like new content, Mm -hmm. but rainbow Rowell who wrote, fangirl and the simon snow books she has actually just released her first collection of short stories and the book is called scattered showers and the reason i'm bringing this up is even though this is not like being billed as like a collection of holiday stories most of the stories in here are holiday stories or they're winter stories (laughs) right i wonder why they wouldn't why, why they wouldn't say well So here's the deal with Rainbow Rowell's short stories. Um, Over the years, she's written quite a few short stories, a lot of them set sort of around the holiday season, but they were short stories that weren't really widely released. Mm. So like Midnight's, um, which is a short story about um, New Year's Eve, and it's the first short story in this collection. That one was, I think, released as like an exclusive for the UK's World Book Day. And okay. so it wasn't really ever available here in the US. I bought a copy from, I don't know, some, I had a copy somewhere and I remember reading it and really enjoying it. I think I also like bought a, a UK edition that had Kindred Spirits, which is about waiting in line for um, Star Wars movies at the holidays, which, mm-hmm. you know, we've kind of moved past this like brief era, but there was a brief era in which Star Wars movies always came out in December. So, Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then she just had a new short story released last winter, and it was an Audible exclusive, so it wasn't really available in print before now. But it's actually about Reagan from Fangirl um, and her holidays during the pandemic. She also um, has two other short stories in here that I think have never been released. One is Mm. called Snow for Christmas, which I think is a Simon Snow story. And one is called The Snowball. And then there's another story called Winter Songs for Summer. So clearly, if you want, you know, something to be um, very winter friendly, holiday friendly, um, this is a really great book to pick up. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think I I switched that around. Midnight's was originally published in an anthology of Christmas stories, My True Love Gave to Me by Stephanie Perkins, which came out like almost 10 years ago. And Kindred Spirits was, I think, the the UK World Book Day thing. So if you somehow missed all of these or you just want to read all of her short stories in one collection, I recommend picking up Scattered Showers. It also makes a really great gift because the hardcover edition is gorgeous there's really beautiful um interior illustrations this has blue sprayed edges it comes with a ribbon bookmarker Um, like if as far as like gift books go scattered showers is lovely so that's my little pitch (laughs) that that was a heck of a pitch (laughs) is it the one with like the it's the clouds and rainbow yeah 
That's super cute. I'm gonna gift that. You said sprayed edges. I'm gonna sprayed give edges. that to myself. Like yes, gift it to your friends or to yourself. To I myself. I saw a copy at my local library and I picked it up and I was like, I'm gonna read this and I don't need to buy it because I got it from the library. And then I like the more I looked at it and I opened it yeah. up and I saw the illustrations on the inside yeah. and I was like, Nope, I'm buying a copy for myself. <laughs> yeah. This is going on my shelf. That's the thing. Like working in the book industry, I love being able to get like like advanced reader copies and people send me books and stuff. But I'm like, sometimes I just need, cause a lot of them I read like digitally just for, you know, the environment and space and everything. But sometimes I'm like, mm, I'm going to have to buy a physical copy of that. Yeah. Like I, I need that. So yeah. And holidays treat yourself. Exactly. And this one too is cool. Cause I like short stories. You can like pick them up and put them down as you're mm-hmm. doing holiday things you can get a nice contained story and then go about your business, socializing with family or friends or whomever you spend the holidays with. So I really like how that one sounds. Yeah. But yeah. So that's, I believe, our show for today. We hope that whatever you celebrate, that you get to celebrate with books. That's, mm-hmm. that's my my pithy ending here. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for tuning in this week. You can always leave us a feedback about the show on Apple Podcasts to let us know how we're doing and to help others find us. You can email us at heyyabookriot.com. Um, we love feedback. We love listener requests. And don't forget to visit bookriot.com for newsletters, podcasts, and all things bookish. Thanks again to today's sponsors for making the show possible. And thanks to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. Um, You can follow me. I usually say on Twitter and Instagram, but I'm not sure how much longer Twitter is going to be Twitter here. is disintegrating. Twitter is currently self-imploding. Oh so I I did not delete my account, but I was like, maybe I should log in and, and take one final look around before everything blows yeah. up. But I will remain on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Tears of Price. And oh, Erica, what about you? What are you going to oh. do? <laughs> <laughs> that was such, you said that perfectly. Yes. What are you like? Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> Well, will you even exist if Twitter goes away? Like I, I will cease to exist. My only social media presence that I share, because you know, obviously, I have some lurker accounts. Obviously, obviously, yeah. But I am on Twitter, Erica underscore Easy underscore, and I'm honestly like we all know the fragile state of Twitter. So I will start sharing probably a new social handle with y'all soon. <laughs> That's not Twitter. So yeah. <laughs> once we get the lay of the land, I Basically. mean, who knows? By the time this airs, Twitter could be like completely down. Completely, we don't even know. Yeah, like Elmo GIF, like the Elmo GIF with he when he uh, it has its they have I don't know what gender Elmo is. When Elmo has Elmo's hands up and there are flames all around. That yep, game. that so. that's the the vibe that Twitter is presenting the, at yeah. the moment. Definitely. Oh my god. So. Oh, but anyway, on that note, (laughs) we will talk to you again in two weeks. In the meantime, happy reading. Happy reading.